You're listening to Brand to Brand, a B2B marketing show that's safe enough for work, but not safe enough to be on the radio. With your host, Thomas Sterling. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today on the show, we're going to be talking about brand integrity. We'll compare the messaging of brands like Patagonia and Urban Outfitters against the actions those brands are taking to see who's the real deal and who's full of shit. We'll come full circle to bring it back to the why, sharing actionable tips to evaluate your brand's perceived integrity in the marketplace. All right, let's kick things off. Welcome, everyone, to the show. Today, we're talking about the importance of brand integrity, something that I think everyone needs to keep in mind as their brand evolves. Veronica, what's your perspective on brand integrity? What does it mean? How does it come into the equation? Yeah, I think it's not voluntary. Participating in having a brand with integrity is not voluntary. If you have a brand, you've put yourself out in the market, you're out there, um, people are going to take notice and they're going to make assumptions. So if you're going to talk the talk, you better walk the walk. And you better hope that all of your channels are walking in the same direction. So it's sort of, in a nutshell, what people think about you, what they think about your brand. It's the experience that you're putting out in the marketplace. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about Patagonia versus one of Veronica's favorite brands, Urban Outfitters, and some of the faux pas that have been made right there. So a little bit of spoiler. There's not a, not a sneaky surprise on who's taking what, but let's get into it. Uh, let's get it. All right, Patagonia, Urban Outfitters. Why Urban Outfitters? Why am I taking Urban Outfitters on head on? Yeah, why are you head on with Urban Outfitters? There's so many reasons why I just don't believe in this brand. This brand does not have integrity, and I will never spend a dollar with them because of it. And have you ever purchased anything? I have not. So you did your research as a child and just said, (laughs) I'm writing this brand off for life in perpetuity. There's nothing that this brand can offer me. Yeah, I was born with this conviction. Patagonia is the easy choice. Patagonia has a beautiful brand. They stand for something. They contribute. They very much are a social cause organization. They make you feel good about deciding to spend your money with them. Whereas spending your money at a company like Urban Outfitters can often leave you empty inside. So for a brand like Patagonia, I know if I'm spending money with them, I know exactly where it's going. I can see all the good that they're doing. And a company like Urban Outfitters talks the talk and then does not walk the walk and has been raked over the coals. I can't understand why they're making so many mistakes. So let's talk about what are some of the mistakes that they've made to date? Well, there's one that most people, when you talk about Urban Outfitters, have like a visceral reaction to. The Kent State sweatshirt. They released like a vintage Kent State sweatshirt and it had blood stains on it. Kent State, notably infamous for a massacre. Yes. And then they didn't even have integrity about their solution to it. It's one thing to own up and apologize and say we made a mistake. They said uh, it was never our intention for people to take it that way. What other way were we going to take it? What other way were we? You gave it to us one way. So as is being provocative part of their brand, you think? Or they just have a series of like, Maybe, but their customer errors. base is the hip, socially conscious, maybe a little bohemian alternative. Mm. Usually younger women, I think they cater to men as well. So that betrays who your customer is. 
it's this like posturing or virtue signaling within a brand, but it, there's no integrity. Now, see, when we compare them to Patagonia, I think of them as fast fashion. They're very lean forward into uh, maybe a, an outfit that you might wear a couple times, but maybe isn't going to last. Whereas Patagonia, they're all about building the best products. They're all about the quality of their products. They really care about their reputation. If you want to talk about reputation, even just in the caliber of the gear, I know personally that they stand by it so uh, you know completely that if you have a problem, they'll work with you to to fix it. You know, someone had like a cigarette hole in their jacket, sent it back to Patagonia. Patagonia put a patch on it. You know, that's customer loyalty. They're mm-hmm. really building a brand following. The follow Patagonia has has almost too much excitement around the brand, so much so that you know notoriously they told brands in the financial sector. Like you actually can't co-brand with us unless you align with our corporate values. They sold so many vests that it was like it was the infamous sort of look of Wall Street. It was that was where I think people started thinking about Patagonia. They called them Patagucci, uh, mm. Fratagucci, and Patagonia said, "Are those things? Those were nicknames that people gave Patagonia. You've never heard anyone call no. Patagonia Patagucci." Patagucci. Patagucci. I, I kind of like that one. I, mean, it I don't rolls really out. like. It just like tumbles off the just tongue. Just tumbles out. I, I personally don't really like Fratagucci. That's like kind of that. gross. It's kind of gross. But they have had so many people. I mean, do you know how much Patagonia made last year? One billion dollars. That's how big their one billion dollars is. How much they took in last year, and that's with them provocatively saying to some people, "Don't buy our products. You're not part of the of of our customer loyalty. We don't want mm. customers like you. We mm. want customers that." care and that are invigorated by social causes. Mm. If you look at Patagonia from the last 10 years, you will see a brand transition from a brand that appealed to activists to a brand of activists. That a brand that became activists. That is a beautiful tale. They're participating in it. They donate 1% of their profits uh, of their of their uh, of their sales, I think, or ten. Well, hold on, let me pull this quote. So I'm I'm being dead on. Yeah, here. Tom One, comes in with the data. Here's the notes, baby. One percent of total sales, one percent of total sales for the company, or ten percent of their profits, they give away every year, and they give it away towards sustainable causes. Tell me a couple more things about. Urban Outfitters. Maybe a couple. Are there any positive things that you pulled in terms of your notes or maybe a couple really bad brand faux pas that we want to explore today? Another big faux pas of Urban Outfitters. And there are a lot to choose from. So this was actually hard to drill it down. Um, was probably what they've been called out for recently, which was a term that I wasn't even aware of called greenwashing, which is where a company basically, and they did a really funny satire about this on 30 Rock. Is this recycling? Like, you know, you you sort, single sort recycling, they're really just trashy, they're just throwing everything away. Yeah, I have a thought. And we've all just been kind of lied to for the last decade. That sucks. (laughs) Yeah, that is so crappy. I have also seen trash cans where they have like recycling goes here and trash goes here and you look under the holes and it's just going in the same trash bin see you know that's, that's that that's horrible brand integrity to or, me or maybe that's maybe that's poor labeling you want to talk about labeling one thing i think patagonia did that was pretty provocative was around the 2020 elections and i quote on some of their tags they wrote vote the assholes out now we're not getting political on the show today they were very specific about the types of 
assholes they would like to get out. And I should probably make it take make make use yeah, of this button bleep over here. That out. Assholes. Uh, they specifically were talking about standing up to climate deniers. So they've clearly found a following. And I think a big part of today is also talking about knowing your customer. It feels like Patagonia's mission, its values, the way that it speaks the integrity that it puts out into the marketplace around the experience that you see when you walk in, what you would see on their website, the overall experience is all threaded together. Whereas Urban Outfitters comes across as this like cool, casual, trendy, hip. we align with your values. Here's a shirt that says save the planet yeah. that's not made from anything organic and is going to take, you know, thousands of years to break it, down. It, they're, they're just complete. Yeah. And for me, it makes me feel like as a cu- customer, oh, you think I'm stupid. Like you think that I don't know that your company isn't doing the right thing. You have no sustainability mission. You're not working to improve the environment with anything. So you selling me this makes me feel like you think I am dumb. So we've talked a lot about two juggernaut brands, one that we love and one that we think could stand to use a brand makeover. Okay. Mm. We'll say makeover with big air quotes around makeover. If we were going to talk about other brands today, Are there any others that you'd care to mention when we think a little bit about some of the values that we're talking about and true integrity? Any come to mind? Yeah, definitely. I think Tom's shoes is a good one, and I I don't mean your shoes. Oh, yeah, I was going (laughs) to say, you can't have them. I'm wearing them. Do they make toothpaste, too? Isn't there like a Tom's in Maine? Yeah, Tom's of Maine. Um, Okay, but they're different brands. They're different brands. Okay, so what's, what's the deal with Tom's shoes, and why does everyone want a pair? Because they donate every every pair you purchase, the company donates a pair to a child in need. I love the I love the responsibility. I love the message. I love how that aligns to what we talked about, and it, it actually speaks to me. It speaks to <laughs> because your name's Tom. Yeah, because I'm Tom. <laughs> no, I, there's uh, definitely another uh, another company, and and uh, what is it? Bombas, Bombas socks. Bombas socks. Yeah, they donate one of every pair that you buy. They donate a pair, not just one sock, okay? <laughs> they donate a whole pair to the homeless. That would be so fucked so up. <laughs> one sock? Well, Glad it's, you it's, clarified. It's free, so you're just happy to have that one sock. For those for the homeless, because a lot of people that go into the shelters, they don't necessarily have, have socks. And that's just a, a magical thing. And that makes you want to support them. And they also from a customer paying it forward is so cool when a brand mm-hmm. does that. So when we think about the importance of all of this, I think another way to look at it is how your brand's expectations line up to what you're putting in the marketplace. We've all had situations where maybe we've entered a business or we've experienced a brand, their marketing was beautiful, but all of a sudden the experience of buying the product, trying to get the product delivered, whatever it is, you start to lose some of that brand integrity because there's some sort of a mishmash. Have you ever seen someone go on Shark Tank, for instance, right? And then they present this this brand platform they talk about what they stand for. And then the sharks start asking all kinds of questions, very interesting dialogues. And then they find out that they're not donating as much to the cause or it doesn't necessarily go 
all the way through to the people that they're trying to help. No, I haven't. The only ones that I can recall from Shark Tank are like this eco warriors. You got to go back. You got to go back through the episode Rolodex. Wow, I guess I do got to go through the Rolodex. I mean, a couple, I think that's great you brought up Shark Tank because I think let's follow the money and see where the money's going. What I've seen as the most active on social media and garnering a really large social media following recently are a couple eco-friendly brands that came out of Shark Tank. Most recently, Eco Mountain Flow Wax. I know you're a skier. Yes, and a and snowboarder. And a snowboarder. Do it both. And like decent at both, which is kind of annoying. I mean- I thought because you I'm, skied, you'd be like worse at snowboarding. I thought, I, thought but like, I, was, I thought I was pretty good. Yeah, you both. are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mountain Flow Eco Wax actually had a product- that this person's passionate about who started that had no petroleum um, in the wax because it's better for the environment. All of a sudden, now they're they're jamming and doing that. The EU changes their regulations to only allow that kind of wax. It's the same way that I think in this case, the government came in and they said, hey, this is the way we want you to do business in the EU, right? The same way that Patagonia came in and they policed all of these organizations that maybe didn't necessarily stand for sustainability to say, hey, if you want to align with our brand, then you need to represent our brand values. That's what co-branding means to them, which I just think is, that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing when one brand can challenge other brands to be their best selves. And so mm-hmm. I think that's that's a tremendous thing. <laughs> so for those that are listening that don't know where to start, In terms of where to go from here, short, simple action steps, things we could do quickly, where would you start? I feel like you have to start with your customer and work backwards from there. Yeah, and quickly. Is that a customer you want to have a beer with? How, and, and would your customer want to have a beer with your brand? That's true. If they it could was be. It could be different answers. Yeah, and if you're B two B, if that if that business was a person, would it get along with your brand's person? That's that's true. That's true. That's a big thing. Getting sometimes, really mad out here. Sometimes you go to these conferences, you're like, these are not my people. Well, then that's a problem for you. That yeah, speaks. You don't identify with it as much. You need to find identifiers and, and, and work with that. That's a huge, huge part of it. Start with that. So understanding you your customer, step one. That seems like that's really time consuming. So let's not make it that time consuming. Time box, spend five minutes. Think a little bit about how you directly align with your customer. What are some of the brands, some of the organizations that you work with best? And then what? And then you should review your website, social media, messaging, every aspect of your business to make sure it's all aligned with speaking to that customer. And if, it, that's, if that's too heavy of a task, if we only have five minutes, go to your website, screenshot the homepage, go to your social media page, screenshot the most recent Facebook post, take a few key pictures, throw them all together in a PowerPoint slide and look at them. Does all of that look like it's talking to each other? It's kind of a mood other? board. It's a brand, brand mood, mood board. board. Totally. I think that's a quick way to get an easy snapshot of if everything looks like it's aligned that you're putting out there for your customers. And then the last thing you need to do is you need to look at your leadership. Does your leadership embody the values of your brand? And it's not an excuse that your last marketing person or someone that previously worked there architected this bold vision that doesn't relate to the CEO. It has to all tie in. Leaders have never been more vulnerable. They're literally just one Google search away for anybody that's curious about a brand and more and more when people have a problem with the brand, they think about the leadership. So that's another focus area. Think about that. Think about how it's presented. Think about how it's connected and think about the decisions that are made there and how they relate to the brand. And that's how you create true brand integrity. 
And now for something completely different. So if I had to distill this all down, brand integrity is the customer experience over the customer's expectation, how those two are juxtaposed. It's what we're putting out into the marketplace, and it's the experience of all of those that are celebrating and enjoying the brand together. And with that, we're out, folks. Thanks so much for listening to Brand to Brand. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, and don't keep us a secret. Tell your friends. 